A Meeting of Terrors by Joe Tallon. Chapter 4 Two evenings later I sat in the Ship Inn, a pub dating back to the 13th century, with my back to the Inglenook fireplace. The heat of the lugs was welcome, and the darkened corner safe. The Reverend Ella Morgan stood at the bar, ordering us two pints of the local IPA beer. She wore her dog collar, but also jeans, and a thick knitted jumper, at least two sizes too large. The post-cave rescue chaos had been a bit bonkers, and despite needing the publicity for my new business, I'd been uncomfortable with the press taking such an interest in me. It didn't do to have too many photos of an ex-regiment man out in the world. I'd not made many friends while operating overseas. Fortunately, Ella took the weight of that burden, and proved adept at handling the insanity, while giving out my small company's pitiful website. If I received a few emails about survival courses from people, and corporate team-building exercises, I'd be a, well, not happy, maybe, that was too much to hope for these days, but I might make a mortgage payment or two. She'd rung me earlier to check up on me, pastoral care, apparently. Something in my voice must have given away the sleepless nights I'd endured since the rescue, and she invited me to the pub for a pint. The rain sweeping in off the moor kept the place quiet. Sitting opposite me in a chair so large it made her look like a child, she pushed my pint over the top of the dark wood table. Food on its way, she said. I didn't order any. A fine dark eyebrow rose. No, but I'm guessing your stomach is as miserable as those bags under your eyes, so no arguing. Besides, they do a damned fine fish pie in here. The stomach growl from under the table made her smile as she sipped the thin head off the beer. You might have a point. I've not eaten much. Some of the kids are having bad dreams as well, she said, watching me with her sharp hazel eyes. We're going to be doing some pastoral visits down to Coombe Martin over the coming days. Young Will has been having a rough time of it. Something keeps trying to suck him down into the dark. Those eyes wanted to know about my sleepless nights. I avoided her gaze. I'd have thought the parents would call a school counsellor. Isn't that usually what happens these days? I asked. Pastoral care is a lot about counselling. I've done a few courses, have a few pieces of paper, and I have to listen, which is the most important thing. Woman of many talents. She grunted and opened a packet of crisps before pushing them across the table at me. You know you can talk to me any time about anything. It will be confidential. As a priest or a therapist. Whichever makes you feel comfortable. Thomas Hearn mentioned you live next to the Stoke Parrow Church from taking over. He said he was retiring. to say a woman was taking over. It's a nice church. I sighed. Almost a year I'd been out in the real world. Alone for the first time in decades. No family. Both parents dead. No siblings. Just memories which weren't really good at all. Not even after a bottle of whiskey. I tried not to resort to that option. I didn't need an alcohol problem to add to everything else. Ella waited me out. My eyes skittered over the dark beams pressing down from overhead. They were covered in bright horse brasses that snuggled against lamps in ancient hooks. The pictures of the old pub and hunting scenes in dark frames were stark against the white of the stone walls. The thick, dark wood bar was polished to a shine. Countless generations of fishermen, farmers and scoundrels had used this pub. Now it tended towards tourists and those who could afford to buy the quaint cottages in the villages. I sank half my pint and ate some crisps before surrendering to the silence. What was in that cave? What do you think was in there? she asked. Shook my head. No, you aren't my priest or my therapist. Give me an answer. She studied the tabletop for a bit, pushing around the beer mat. I'll answer as a priest, 
because there isn't an explanation as a secular person. It's why I gave up the rational world, for one way you have to believe the dead can rise, demons exist, and God is in all things as the Holy Spirit. Oh wait, I can live with that. Good. Those kids disturb something, something old and dark. Whatever it is, I don't believe it was human. I'm not an exorcist, Lorn. I'm not trained for it, but I have taken advice from the bishop. When the weather calms down, I'm going back to do a blessing, because if anything goes down there again, they need to have some kind of protection. Pouring fucking concrete into it sounds like a plan to me, I muttered. A soft chuckle made me look at her. You're not wrong. Places can hold things, and those things can change. Maybe some children or sailors ended up down there and died. Their spirits were trapped and twisted by time, turning into an elemental force that defies explanation. It's my job to believe in this stuff and to help corral it into something benign. It was Halloween. You know much about it? Pumpkins, mostly. It's pushed bonfire night out, which I think is a shame. It was never a big deal when I was a kid. Not like I had neighbours to hassle. All celebrations after Tommy vanished were muted for me. With no friend to enjoy the mischief with, what was the point? Halloween is the night when the dead walk close to the living. In Cornish it's called Kalanguav, and other Celtic languages have their versions. A hallow is a saint, so Halloween is modern melding or several versions of All Hallows' Eve. It's a liminal time the halfway point between the solstice and equinox. Lots of significance in all that energy. It's followed by All Souls' Day or All Saints' Day, depending on your brand of Christianity. That's the first night when the dead are honoured. Originally, it was the night of the New Year for the ancient Britons, and they could talk to their ancestors, who could offer advice and such like. I guess that's why it was demonised and taken over for the saints to prevent ancestor worship. Who really knows? It's interesting, though. I just don't like all the commercialism around it. Okay. I poked at the condensation gathering on my glass. I doubted a few prayers and some holy water would calm the kind of hate I sensed in that cave. She didn't hesitate to continue. When we were down there, something came out that dark. I don't think it was after the kids. I think it wanted us. Now, she hesitated. This isn't your first brush with the supernatural, is it, Lorne? You think it made a difference to what happened in the cave? It being Halloween, I asked, not quite meeting Ella's eyes. It didn't help. Her voice took on an edge, a brutality I had not heard before, a confirmation of her supernatural life, which wasn't something gentle and friendly, a confirmation of the darkness she fought every day as a warrior of God. I shook my head, the thoughts too far in the wild for me to feel comfortable. I stopped avoiding my question. What are your thoughts on the supernatural, Sergeant Major Turner? I didn't want to answer, because I just wanted to forget. I had spent my entire adult life forgetting, until that day in an overlooked and miserable corner of Syria. Talking about it isn't going to help, I muttered. You know that's not true. I glared at her, but even my best sergeant major stare didn't cow this woman. Coated in bloody Teflon she was. Bloody hell fine. I lived next to a graveyard, and sometimes the dead weren't all that quiet when I was a kid. My mum told me to ignore what I heard, the fleeting glimpses. She never said much about it, but I believe my grandfather struggled as much as I did with the noise. It's a strange place, Dunkery and the Moor, full of these sanitised little villages and towns. But under the surface, I trailed off. My thoughts strayed to Tommy, my childhood friend, who'd vanished during one of our nighttime hunts for the Beast of Exmoor in our local woodland. They'd never found a body, and although his family never blamed me, 
I couldn't say the same for myself. Thomas Hearn talked to me, she confessed. I nodded. Thought he had. You know about Alice Winters, then? Yes. He saved the poor child in the church, and Alice. Maybe, I shrugged. Been quieter since. Hexmoor is a strange place. I come from South London. You'd think with all those people and their stories seeping into the soil, there'd be more of the weird, but it's not true. It's these borderlands, hinterlands, the places that feel as if they're between two worlds. They hold more of the weird on the surface for us to experience. The moor brushes the sea, touches the wild, and until the last seventy years was a very isolated place. Still is in a lot of ways, despite the incomers. They grunted a noise that might have been an agreement, and realised I sounded like my dad at his most recalcitrant. What happened in Syria? Quiet question for my companion. Might as well have been a point fifty cal machine gun, rat-a-tat-tatting at me. Can't talk about it. You can't talk about the operation, Lorne. You can talk about what you've experienced. So don't even think about pulling. I signed the Official Secrets Act nonsense. It's all bollocks, you know that? I snapped. She tried to repress a smile. Sure it is. I huffed. I was under enormous pressure. We were all exhausted. ISIS were moving in faster than anyone thought possible, and basically we were caught with our fucking pants down. I was still angry about that. SIS, Secret Intelligence Service, had really failed my team. We'd gone into a town on the border with Iraq, looking for a refugee who had solid intelligence on ISIS and the location of their leaders. We knew the timing would be tight. Turned out to be a complete disaster. A local woman, a good Kurdish woman, showed us a tunnel entrance that would take us outside the town's precinct and into a wadi. It headed in the same direction as our LZ. The Kurds used it to move around undetected by Saddam, al-Assad, and anyone else hunting them. I think someone saw us go down there and reported it to ISIS. We were an eight-man unit. I was the senior officer. I didn't want to take the tunnel. I begged the head shed to find us another way out, but they had no resources in the area. We weren't supposed to be in Syria. I sucked in a breath. I felt the press of tears sting my eyes. Ella didn't move. She just listened, and I felt like I confessed all this to the beer mat I stared at with all the intensity of a dog finding explosives. He went down into the tunnel. Dust and sand, blood and bone, the darkness and heat made my skin prickle in the cool air of the pub. I knew. I always bloody knew. I've had a reputation. I just know stuff. IEDs, gunmen, suicide bombers. Not always, maybe. But often enough to keep my unit alive. I learned over the years to listen to the voice in my head. I took point when we reached the end of the tunnel. I headed up the wooden ladder. I checked for wires, for a trap, nothing. Still, I knew there would be a problem. We were out of time. We could hear Isis. If they had found us. Yeah, I've seen the pictures, Ella whispered. I flipped the hatch up and faced a technical mounted machine gun on the back of a flatbed truck with two men holding an RPG. I fired. I screamed for my men to run back up the tunnel. I clutched my right side. The burns healed well, but left scars. A lot of scars. The RPG went down just behind our position. The tunnel collapsed my men. I'd ordered them back. Oh, God, Lorne. Yeah. Then, a sandstorm blew up. Taking the sand of the explosion, visibility dropped to nothing. They didn't see me to drill me full of holes and something. I shook my head. I still don't understand what I'd seen that day in the dying light of a fading sun. The sand red, the flags black, the sky a purpling bruise. 
I ripped a grenade from my webbing, pulled the pin. This face rushed towards me, black eyes, more of a mouth. I threw the frag, grabbed my personal weapon and fired. I just kept pulling on the trigger until my mag emptied. I heard screams all around me. I didn't know I was on fire. I see it in my nightmares. Sometimes during the day, it's why I had to leave the army or I'd still be there. Christ, had I ever admitted that to someone? Your men? she asked. I managed to meet her soft hazel eyes, so full of compassion it made my heart ache. The Americans turned up. Three of us were saved. I'm the only one who eventually walked away, though I don't remember the actual exfil. They managed to get the bodies out, pushed ISIS back for a brief time to allow more civilians to race for the border with Iraq. I didn't know what happened to the Kurdish woman who tried to help. I hope she escaped. The alternative didn't bear thinking about. I saw it all too clearly in my head. I felt the rock under my right hip where I lay, my boots scrambling in the dirt to push me back in panic, the town wall rising to my right, the screams of dying children and mothers as Isis tore through the neighbourhood we were running from, always fucking running from because we shouldn't have been there. It was not our war, apparently. But who would save all those babies? I woke up in a hospital in Cyprus, still screaming, days later. My pint quivered as I lifted it to my lips. Dark, strong, bitter-sweet. Nothing like ale to ground a man in wet and buggy Somerset. What happened in Cyprus? she asked. I managed to glance at her for half a second. The hazel eyes were gentle, neutral. She didn't think me mad or evil. I told them about the face and they basically handed me a bottle of pills and told me I'd be going to a different hospital when I was well enough. I'd been in a coma and my brain needed time to come back. When my father died, I had to come back here to sort it out. I kept telling myself it would be fine, except it wasn't. I started with the panic attacks the moment I returned to the UK. Every time I reached for a weapon, even thinking about it now made me sweat. I was broken, a broken toy soldier. My time was over. You didn't tell them about the face in the dust? Ella asked. Unofficially, my CO knew some of it, but officially, what was the point? They'd made their decision. I'd made mine. I was being booted anyway, and no therapist in the world would believe what I was able to see. Whatever it is, I still see. Men like you would become warrior monks in times past, she said. You'd lead armies, able to commune with the other world. I snorted. Whatever I saw out there, I never want to see again. You ever heard of gin? Sure, rub a lamp and a fat man with a pointy shoes appears. She smiled. Disney version, I'm afraid. Gins are... I suppose we in the West world would call them demons, but in Arabic tradition, they're neither good nor evil. However, appearing in the middle of a firelight would not be a positive transition into existence. He looks so angry and, I don't know, scared, maybe. Wouldn't you be if you were created out of hate and violence? This is a community who were probably tightly tied to the land until recently, as the rural Arab world evolved after the peasant culture a little later than we did in Northern Europe. They went through the Industrial Revolution faster. Who knows what effect that has on the spirit world? I think that's where the pagan revolution has come from in the UK. It's a need to seek balance that many have lost. You believe these things exist? I asked. I believe there's a distinct possibility, considering I also believe Jesus is the Son of God and rose again on the third day, that transubstantiation is real, and if we repent of our sins we go to heaven to live in God's grace. My eyes widened as she talked, and I watched her give a small shrug. I know, she said. I look so sane on the outside. That made me laugh, and the tension inside me eased. The boil lanced 
I see it, you know, I whispered. All the time in my dreams, in the clouds and mists on the moor. You want a blessing? I might be able to give you minor exorcism without it being a big deal. I shook my head. I think it's a manifestation of my PTSD. What if you're wrong? Dangerous territory, Lorne. For my soul? For your mental health as well. I looked out of the small, panelled window to the dripping night and the rain-shattered light of a street lamp. Maybe. Let me think about it. Don't leave it too long, Lorne. I shrugged. Been almost eighteen months already. She scowled but didn't comment. Maybe you could come to the next service I take at Perro. I laughed. She stared at me. Just because you don't go to church doesn't mean the peace of it can't help you. I spent most of my childhood hiding from the vicar. Not a good thing having a church back onto your house when you see the weird. Or a graveyard? Or a graveyard. Will you come to a service? Ella, I don't believe. You see things you can't explain. Why is God such a stretch? Because it's a defined creation that's evolved through the minds of generations of scholars and imbued with the wars of centuries. Nice sharp answer. Wow, brutal. I shrugged. I've had a lot of time to get angry having served for twenty years, especially the last twenty years. I signed up for the army as the Twin Towers came down. I couldn't wait to escape Exmoor and see the world. Shame I only seem to have seen the parts full of hate. My father felt the same during his time serving in Bosnia in the First Gulf War, except all the hate somehow strengthened his faith. Did you want to follow him into the church? Not in a million years. Couldn't in those days. Then I had my eyes open to something beyond the human mind, and I couldn't deny the call. Never married, kids, gay and no. I opened my mouth to say something and snapped it shut. Her mouth twisted in a mockery of a smile. Without us queers, the Church of England wouldn't exist, so we have our uses. I nodded. Fair enough. As a sergeant major, I must have attended every damned course in equality and human rights the army could send me on over the years. If one of my boys had a problem, I was the one they'd find. I was the agony aunt for the entire bloody regiment. Well, that's how it felt. I've dealt with my fair share of broken hearts between blokes who were lonely and scared. Good. I was half afraid to give me a rough time of it. Oh, I still plan on taking a piss, but it's not the night for that right now. We plinked glasses and started talking about the new housing estate going up near Minehead, with all the protesters trying to protect an ancient archaeological site. While we talked, I realised I'd made a friend in Ellen Morgan, and it felt good. I felt good. Like maybe the future wouldn't be quite such an empty place, full of the whispering dead. Novel-length Lorne Turner Supernatural Mystery Thrillers, available on Audible by Joe Tallon.